So, just before we started recording this podcast, it occurred to us that by this time next week, or rather just by the end of next week, the Euros is going to be over. As much as we've been complaining about football, uh, it just kind of feels weird that there's a vacuum about to come our way, which is quite saddening in its own way, I guess. It's actually a very dour note to start this episode on. So welcome to episode 22 of Who's Code Again. I'm your host, Dubbin. I'm joined by my three co-hosts back this time. Uh, one has returned from his week-long sabbatical, go doing God knows what. Uh, in the in curfew times, especially. Sly Akshay is being sly. So I'm joined by Akshay, uh, Ankita, sorry, Siddharth, and Tushar as per usual. <laughs> Uh, how's everyone doing? I know it's been a crazy week of football since we last spoke, but uh, how has everyone been since? Good, man. It's been good. At a bachelor party this week, so... <laughs> Dude! Oh, okay, I thought there was one more coming this weekend. So I was like, how many of them? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was the last weekend. Uh, I wish oh, I was invited. Oh, but hey, it's w- w- what about Akshay turning 30 tomorrow? Oh gosh, don't get oh, yeah. started. I'm already it. <laughs> big three. <laughs> the big three. Oh. Yeah, I think Akshay is going I'm, through what I'm joining what? I'm joining Abhin and uh, Siddharth who are already thirty in their uh, <laughs> age group. <laughs> How does it feel to be thirty guys? Give me some tips and I mean I'm way past live, thirty at this point. How I'm to live the way, 30 way past life. thirty. Really? How old are you now? I mean, I'm 31. Hey. Yeah, fuck off, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Bull fucking shit. Yeah, dude. I mean, I, I'd like to say that once you reach 30, you're, you'll be, you re- receive this kind of enlightenment. But it's been, what, three months? I haven't, I haven't received shit. So. But okay, I think we're, we're digressing. We're, we're all old. It's sad, but it's also our reality. So I think the best place is to embrace it. We're actually doing this on the eve of Akshay's birthday. Uh, as he hits the big 3-0. So very excited to welcome him into this club. And Tushar has like the last bastion of the 20s on this podcast, holding on for dear life at 29. Just wanted to add that over the last two years, it doesn't feel like you've grown older because of the lockdown and shit. Yeah, it's, it's really annoying that we are in lockdown. Yeah, I think we but, can but we can we can all is <laughs> we can all choose to be twenty eight. I guess that's a good age. Twenty eight, yeah. twenty seven was was actually a, a pretty interesting age. But okay, enough about us like slowly approaching a mortal coil. Uh, let's talk about some football. Some very exciting games happened this uh, this weekend. We'll take a look at the round of sixteen fixtures, uh, particularly some of them in detail. I think we have to talk about. Two extremely entertaining fixtures that happened on Monday. We'll take a look at England beating Germany uh, for the first time in a very long time in an international tournament. I think the last time they beat them was in Euro 2000. So that's quite exciting. And we'll also take a look towards uh, the quarterfinals as well as Rafael Benitez being appointed Everton manager. But first, like we are beginning this episode, before we get to all of that, we are beginning this episode with some with us looking back at our wonderful predictions <laughs> that we made, <laughs> especially one person on the spot. I will not say their name. 
uh, but I did call them Ankit earlier. Uh, we will, <laughs> they had some extremely entertaining predictions to make uh, regarding the, the, the round of 16 fixtures. We'll take a look at that as well. So with that being said, um, let's get on with the show, I guess. Okay. <laughs> this is Q Music. Let's just cut straight to the chase. So, the round of 16 fixtures, and I think this is where that clip is going to come in, where Siddharth goes on about who he thinks is going to progress to the final, who ultimately is going to win it. It was a thing of beauty because every team he named until maybe like maybe until Tuesday, until England played, were ultimately knocked out. He said, I expect Portugal to go through gone he expected wales to go through gone he expected croatia to go through gone he expected his favorites for the tournament france to go through gone he said england will progress because uh, and that was the only one he ended up getting right because holy shit were, were we shitting it on the day england played germany hey, two out of eight that's more than what i scored in my uh, tests okay two out of eight <laughs> I got Italy and England right, just for the record. This is like uh, Abhin with his jokes, dude. It's always two out of ten. Hey, fuck off, bro. Two out of eight is not bad, dude. <laughs> I knew it. The moment he said two, this guy would have jumped up. Huh? Two out of ten, bro. Two out of ten. <laughs> okay, so I guess there's only one place to begin where... So the game kick-started on a Saturday, and I think it began with Wales versus Denmark. And it was... An absolute thumping by the Danish national team who uh, took the Welsh team to the cleaners. I, everyone hoped that the Wales team would have made the uh, um, made the semis like they did the last time. And I'm sure <laughs> certainly hoped that they would. But <laughs> unfortunately for them, that team is aged. They're not as good as they were. Gareth Bale himself is not as good as he is. And Denmark strolled through into the quarterfinals without much fuss. So that's going to be. I mean, they take on the Czech Republic, who who beat the beat the Netherlands, and I kind of think that the Danish team is going to end up in the semi-final uh, because purely because one, they are being fueled by a lot of emotion right now, which is pushing them through, and two, um, their spine is pretty strong. And they have Yusuf Polson. They have from all the way back from Schmeichel to Polson. Jeff Christensen, they have this Damsgaard kid. Um, they are they look pretty good going forward and also are kind of mean at the back. I know Belgium kind of told them a new one, but that's because they have Kevin De Bruyne and Romelu Lukaku pulling the strings. So any other team that does not have that kind of quality can expect a hiding from this team, like Russia and the Welsh team found out. So Italy... And Austria had a pretty intense game that ended up going into extra time because no team scored in the in the full 90. Arnautovic thought he'd he'd made it 1-1 uh, just before uh, it was deemed offside, and he was giving it the big ones to the Italian fans. Unfortunately for him, it got ruled off. Then Italy went 2-0 up, and then 
the last five minutes or so, Austria pegged one back and it kind of set this like uh, fluster of emotions across the stadium, but at least saw it through in the end nonetheless. I still think they're going to win the tournament like without much fuss. They they seem to be a, the, the team to be given the rest of the results of the group. Yeah, I think like Australia, I mean, Austria had an Herculean effort there, like limiting Italy for the full 90 minutes. And this game, like talk about impact subs, <laughs> like basically all goals came from substitutes. Hmm. Um, and Chiesa, yeah, that guy was brilliant in that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Italy should start him next 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 game for sure. I don't know why they're making him impact something. No, I think the, the reason they're starting him was because of Berardi. But I I have a feeling next game Kiesa starts for sure. Yeah, just like the way he he energized that whole team the minute he came in. What a no, goal, like, dude. He was supposed to he was supposed to be a starter for Italy for whatever reason. I mean, the Italian media also doesn't have a clue as to why the sexiest man in football dropped him for Berardi, but <laughs> uh, I mean, let's see. I think I think he starts in the uh, in the quarterfinals against uh Yeah, Belgium. I think he should as well. Yeah. I think uh, then the game after was the Czech Republic it was the Czech Republic taking on the Netherlands. Where Sid had predicted that one of these teams was going to end up in the final. Just, I assume one of those teams still might. It's just not the team he thought he would be. The Netherlands got knocked out to the Czech Republic, uh, losing by two goals to nil. And Matthias Delict ended up getting sent off. Stupid decision, but not before Marlin was through on goal and completely fluffed his lines or was a great save by the keeper. Depending on how uh, you choose to interpret it. Uh, the aftermath of that result meant that Frank de Boer left his position as the national uh, team coach, and now they're actively hiring uh, for the role once more. Wait, from what I saw, from what I read, and then watched the highlights, it seemed like it was all Netherlands until uh, Dilek had the brain fart moment. Yeah. Yeah, he got sent off, right? Mm. And I think that that basically changed the balance of that whole game. It was, it was kind of hilarious as to how he fluffed, because like that guy kicked the ball around him, kind of almost turned him, and as he was turning, Dilik lost balance, and I can't tell if it was he meant to swing the ball back or he just was like trying to like fall while falling down, trying to like find no. ground to put his hands on, but no, it seems like. It, but, but I think it, it was seemed, intentional. Do you think it was intentional? Yeah, I think it was. He knew exactly what he was doing. Stupid fellow, dude. This one incident where in the Premier League, and it was, and this is the Premier League we we're talking about, where somebody goes down and he fouls the other guy, but they never give the. I, I don't remember, but I don't think they gave the free kick for that, or it mm. was a pen. I don't know one of the two, but they never gave it. And this was one of the watch-alongs that we were doing, mm. and they didn't give him a free kick. Neither did they card the guy. Nothing. They just assumed that he tripped and because he tripped, he took down the other player by mistake. Mm. He could have tried to manage to do that, you know, dark arts and, and what have you, but that was intentional. He knew exactly what he was doing when he hit it. I think so. That, yeah, that was... I also think the manager's tactics were just shit. Like, everybody in Netherlands was like, good like good riddance to Frank de Boer. Yeah. Um, I also feel like there's a butterfly effect of 
Pickford doing a tackle last November uh-huh. to Netherlands not having a defense this Euros, <laughs> ultimately leading to <laughs> Netherlands getting locked out. <laughs> Oh yeah, I mean, if you uh, think about it, the big Virgil yeah. Van Dijk. <laughs> you, oh, you hey, but I think I think I think Dumfries had a really good first half from the highlights that I watched. He had quite a few chances. He created, in fact, he created quite a few. He had this one through ball that I I think Daily Blind gave. I think I think it was Daily Blind. He put it on a platter for him. He beat the keeper who came who came ahead. It's just that he. He tried to, instead of trying to take a shot, he tried to play it across the goal for, I don't know who it was. I think Depay was coming in mm. instead of taking a shot. It was, I mean, they were that. I think this probably spells the death of the 5-2-3 or the 5-3-2 they've been playing. So, because the Dutch media have been clamoring for them to play 4-3-3, go back to playing the formation that made you who you are and all that nonsense. But... And I don't think even the team wasn't widely uh, fond of uh, the formation that was being put in place. Yeah, so I, I mean, it was a bit of a shock, but I think the Czech Republic deferred, uh, deserved, deserved that win because they ultimately took control of that game. Ended up going through uh, two goals to nil. And the game that followed after was also a bit of a tactical battle. It was two teams who were refusing to concede any sort of chances and was settled by what I can only describe as a wonder goal. Some may also agree that, or rather, some may dispute that it could be a, down to a goalkeeping error. But if you see the way Thorgan Hazard shot swings, right, it goes out and it then drops back in. Or rather, it goes in and goes out and goes into the into the far post. He was... <laughs> No keeper would have been able to judge with the way that ball moved. So as much as Patricio's positioning was wrong, was like at fault for that for that goal, I think that it was, that was one of those goals that was literally unsavable. It, it was just pure, pure power. I think the way you described it uh, in our group chat was was pretty perfect. The ball went to Asia and then came back into Europe. That's, <laughs> that was pretty apt the way that ball was struck. <laughs> no keeper was stopping that, not even Neuer. Yeah, it was, it was quite a powerful shot, which nobody could save. And also, yeah, yeah, I think uh, the little little brother finally Hazard came through. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that was great, actually. That his shot was amazing. Um, I think it was just very wasteful from Portugal. Mm-hmm. They had twenty five shots, out of which only four were on target, but they took twenty five shots. At on goal, uh, that's extremely wasteful and inefficient. I don't know. Mm. They were just trying to belt it in somehow. Yeah. And at the end of the game, Ronaldo goes up to Courtois and says, uh, "The ball didn't want to go in today. You're lucky." <laughs> <laughs> is that what he said? I, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's what he said. Yeah, that's actually that is, what he said. Absolutely right. I mean, if you're if if you're converting four out, I mean, if you're having four shots out of twenty-five on target, how 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 does he even have the nerve to say that? Luck, right? And those four shots were also like, I think, two were threatening, two were like on a platter to him, like, easy catch. Mm. And I think they hit the woodwork also once. Yeah, I think the end of the game, they they hit the woodwork, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But yeah, I mean, I kind of, I expect to see him in the World Cup next year, because he, I think he'll play till he's 40. 
but at this point yeah I, the next I, euro also then <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah it'll be there yeah, yeah but all you know he will but the only like the issue i have with him right now it's he he seems to be hindering that team i think that team is capable of more but because he's in there you can't really uh drop him and ian right i i saw this clip online ian right went to town on people uh, calling ronaldo's free kicks dangerous <laughs> ian right was like hang on when was the last time he scored a free kick and then i heard someone reason that you know what it's like we know he's shit at free kicks he was once good at them not anymore but what if we let him take it this time maybe this is the time he breaks the duck maybe this is the time he ends up coming through i know the last good free kick that comes to memory was what the 2018 world cup where he leaves the hayas spain portugal spain portugal where he yeah. leaves the hayas standing yeah yeah so one in maybe like 500 free kicks that he's taken in the last 3 years has possibly gone in and those are horrible odds to have if you keep having him line up with every dead ball situation with a penalty you can trust your life on him your house whatever uh, your marriage also like, like it's just whatever you need you can put on ronaldo like bank a pen because he's that good but from free kicks it's, he, and free kicks generally seems to be getting to that age where he's becoming more of a liability than he's than an asset so i think the portuguese national team have to really think about it otherwise they're going to suffer the ibra problem which is you're going to have the superstar and unless he's injured he's going to be in the in the tournament degrading the quality of the rest of your team yeah i think uh, portugal should somehow fix a juventus game at pickford and then then make it happen ronaldo does not then next time <laughs> Wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, but uh I actually think his positioning is still good. Like he gets he's like that fox who in gets into the good areas mm. and receives the ball and I mean oh. he did it in the previous games well. This I'm game fine. he just wasn't getting that service and he's not able to run to get the ball now. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like he should play like Chicharito at this point. play within the 6 yard box within the between the goal post he's highly effective and he won't even trouble any i mean it's like he won't even bother the rest of the team the rest of the team can do can do what they're good at and he he can do what he's good at the moment he starts dropping back dropping in coming into midfield to pick up the ball that's when he sort of hampers the team because there are so many other players who are at this moment in time far better than him at doing that like you have bernardo silva you have bruno fernandes you have jota uh, who are much better than bernardo sanchez also who even bernardo sanchez yeah he yeah, actually had a very good game uh, against them uh, so all these guys are much better than, than him doing what he tried to do especially against belgium i just think like the fox in the box is what is what suits him right now he stick to that score the goals get all the glory and leave the rest of the dirty work to his teammates pretty really interesting i think uh, that belgium team also is in a bit of a flux right now because i think de bruyne went off injured and hazard pulled both. up so yeah yeah both of both, both of them are not well, playing right? both of yeah. them are not playing in the, uh, i think Which, i feel like is... belgium also lost that game <laughs> just by losing <laughs> these two players <laughs> in a way Uh yeah they were trying to get ready for Friday but I think they they're going to miss Friday's fixture. Yeah yeah. 
I still, I still feel. The prediction doesn't hold true, though. You can't be like, if if this happens. Okay, okay, we'll do predictions later. Let's let's get to. I, I'm waiting. That's the, that's my most anticipated part of the show. The currently doing. I'm I'm so uh, given after what happened the last time. We we've nicknamed Sid the Grim Reaper because he he hovers <laughs> all over your team hopes, <laughs> like one for like one of the dead being like, ha, here, give me your guess hopes. Guess guess who's winning England Ukraine. Ukraine, is it? I have a very strong feeling Ukraine are winning it. But we get to it. Let's wait. The game that followed, so it's a Monday. We all have the Monday blues. There's a lot of work to be done. The last thing you expect is two games that have the teams leading 3-1 to end up uh, finishing the 98-3-3 and going to extra time. Both games back-to-back. And the first game was Spain versus Croatia, which you felt Croatia may would cause a problem to Spain. And the second, of course, being France versus Switzerland, which all of us and our dogs wrote off. So we start off with Spain and Croatia. And it was just hilarious because that game began in also rather hilarious circumstances. Unai Simon tries to clear the ball. I don't know what. And ends up side-footing it into the back of his own net, which is, in my opinion, takes some exceptional skill. Because how? How do you do something like that? Like a... Good dozen minutes later, Sarabia scores and equalizes for Spain. And then Aspi scores the possible winner, which I did mention on our group chat at the time. But clearly, I was mistaken uh, because soon after, the entire game just changed completely. And it was just each team saving, trying to save their lives defending, but clearly didn't happen. Um, yeah, I think it's. We go into extra time, and we have Spain coming up on top uh, after after the two halves of extra time. So, what I really enjoy about that game is the narrative because one, uh, the Croats look dead on their feet, but Osic and Pasalic pop up to make a three-three, push the game to extra time, and so throughout the tournament, if you've been following Spain, Morata has been getting a truckload of shit his way, and. He does not, and we've spoken about this on the pod earlier, he does not look like he's right. Maybe he needs to be taken out of the firing line. And for the ball to have been floated in the box to and, it, and to land to him, nobody was confident he was going to score. But he scored that with the finish of the most confident strikers in the world. One touch, bang. Like It absolutely almost would have burst the net if it had gone any quicker. And then Spain had complete control of the game. The Croatians, I think, gassed out and tried to like um, force the force the issue. And then Mikel Oyatavall, I'm I'm just gonna call him Mikel. My dude, Mikel ended up catching them on the counter. One sweeping move makes it five three, and then Spain take it their way out of there. What a fun game! I just have to say, it was such a fun game that we ended up. Having the witnessing because I wasn't paying attention to it until until Akshay texted me saying, "Hey, hang on, something's happening in this in the Spain game," and boy, was it so much fun! And I'm so happy for Morata because as much as shit is as much as you know, he's, there's so much he's been going through, and it's always nice when someone gets a redemption arc like he has. Hopefully, he they go deeper into the tournament. I think if you're a Spain and Barcelona fan. And you're 10 years old. You might not live past 25, dude. Because the kind of heart attacks those guys give you. This <laughs> <laughs> is going to kill you. <laughs> hey, but honestly, like, the thing, like like you said, Morata's 
the the shit that not just not just the fans but even the media has been giving a lot of stick uh for whatever reason i i think it's un, unsolicited but uh yeah he did miss a penalty but hey everyone's missed a penalty uh just that his penalty didn't cost them going out of the tournament uh like somebody else did which we'll be talking very soon but Mm-hmm. I think he's yeah, had a Morata's pretty deep... family has got death threats. Yeah, dude, his kids and his wife have got death threats. Yeah, I mean, his kids in school are, have been getting death threats and stuff. It's just sort of unfair, like crossing the line. Yeah, I really, mean, you leave really the family bad. aside. I mean, and honestly, he's not had such a bad tournament. If you look, if you look past that one penalty miss, yeah, mm-hmm. he's 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 got a lot of chances, and some of them were clear cut. But the fact that he's been there i don't think first of all they don't have any striker that could be at the level at, of morata in the spanish team right now so they've got to do with him i don't think there's anybody else who has, who's had that level and he's consistently been performing for spain whenever he's got the chance so i mean i honestly want him to do well uh which is why i'm going to select him uh, in my fantasy mm-hmm. tomorrow <laughs> That's a good option actually. Yeah, honestly. He's, he's been quite consistent also. Yeah, he's sort of been consistent like both assisting and scoring which is basically what a striker is supposed to do. So yeah. from I'm 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 speaking clearly from an FPL perspective. So uh, not a FPL but whatever the fantasy perspective but if he's if he's there in the radar of fantasy which means he's doing something for the team so i guess i mean i really want him to do well not just from a fantasy perspective but just to put all those death threats and all behind him you know hmm yeah like i i i really hope mentality. that he has yeah dude yeah yeah elite mentality that is looking at it from the croatian side i think actually this is not a bad game to go out of like uh yeah i think if they have perisic it would have made a great difference Mm. um also i think this game came down to bench strength also like croatia don't have a bench spain do <laughs> and in extra mm. time that's where that invaluable yeah. like an invaluable goal man right mm. and uh, they look dead by the 90th minute itself mm-hmm. so by the time extra time rolled around they could barely keep up with anybody to close on the spain croatian game i think the croats went out like warriors it also probably sig- is going to be the last time we see luka modric in an international tournament i think that's him done but what a player to have seen one of in my opinion one of the best midfielders of my lifetime nobody has been and he's not really like the tallest person either he's not the dom- he doesn't have the dominating physicality of uh, a vera or a keen or even a zidane to a certain extent but what he did and he did so well so so props to luka modric as dots calls on lucas mora but just <laughs> <laughs> but you don't think you don't think he's playing the world cup next year no i don't i think i know i think big... this is actually their golden generation and this might actually be the end of their golden generation i think he might be right i don't think they have anybody else i don't see the future of croatia being that right anytime soon i i definitely don't see them making a world cup final anytime soon mm-hmm. yeah I, i don't see them for some time challenging at big stage uh, for a while at least yeah. 
Yeah, so I mean, but but good luck I to the Croats. I still, I still, I still remember the first ever game I watched was France versus Croatia, you, uh, France '98 uh, semi final. But yeah, I mean, speaking of France versus Croatia, let's quickly talk about the French national team. Everyone's favorite to win the whole tournament yeah. <laughs> got knocked out spectacularly. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to get into this, but before I do, I, I watched this game. I watched. I wasn't watching the game, but then the Swiss took the lead. So I had, I was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. There's going to be stakes in this game. So I watched it. I watched Switzerland completely screw up their chances of going 2-0 up after Rodriguez. Apparently, Rodriguez, Rodriguez has missed four of his five penalties. Why is he still on pens? But he somehow is. And he ended up uh, completely botching it and, and Laurie scores. And can we talk about that Bergkamp-esque move by Karim Benzema to set up the... To finish the equalizer, oh my goodness. It gets better with each and every viewing. So Benzema drags the ball, or at least reaches back out. The ball's played a little behind him, and he somehow manages to control it, gets it to bounce in front of him with, with, his, with his back leg, and uh, tuck it into the bottom corner. Superb finish. And not, not too long later, I think Mbappé has, misses a chance in between uh, this and the, and, and the second goal. Um, France take the lead and then Paul Pogba standing completely unmarked scores an absolute peach of a goal top corner no keeper in the world is saving it and at this point I'm falling asleep and I've seen the Pogba goal it's woken me up for a bit but it's been a long day I really want to get to bed and I say you know what the French team are going to see this out so I go to bed and I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and there's a very rare occasion that I wake up at 6.30 in the morning and I wake up and the first thing I see is Tushar's message saying, wow, 3-1's a dangerous score. I'm like, wait, what just happened? And then the next thing I see is, oh, the French, uh, France have been knocked out of the Euros. I'm like, wait, I need to know what happened. And then I watch it. I watch it go to extra time. I watch it go to pens. And as the pens are being taken, I'm like, this, who is going to miss? So I guess it, it might have gone to sudden death and someone might have missed. And when Mbappe steps up, I'm like, oh, surely not. Mbappe is not the one that misses. And as I say it, Mbappe steps up, uh, Jan Sommer saves it, and it's going to end up being a cruel summer for <laughs> for the French national team, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I, I think like it was a great, like rude awakening for France. I felt like France were too complacent. They were taking uh, the Swiss team for granted. Mm. And uh, yeah, I mean, when they were 3-1 up, they were they were cruising, right? Uh, Pogba looked great. Like I love watching Pogba like play for France. Like I don't know what's mm-hmm. happening with him in United, but at France, he's such an amazing and entertaining player to watch. <clears throat> yeah, and they're cruising at three one, and suddenly, uh, uh, what what is it? Sweden? Uh, no, sorry, Switzerland. They they just root one two goals in, and oh. it's just this, the the France defense. You can just watch it. Every time, they're like at least five seconds or two seconds late to react. Yeah. And it goes to the the, the striker and he scores. The the um, second goal, Seferovic's goal, he sits down Kimpembe. <laughs> like he, he takes Kimpembe one way, turns him and then uh, bangs it bottom corner. The third goal, and I've been seeing a lot of criticisms about this with regards to Pogba and I feel... It's not entirely his fault, but it also kind of is his fault because 
what happens is he holds he's progressing the ball forward and then shaka realizes dude this is the guy <laughs> that we we bully in the prem so shaka goes in makes a great challenge wins the ball and catches the french team out in transition and they are quick and they're not quick enough to reset so the ball goes out wide and comes back in uh from the left hand side and i think it's his name starts with i'm not sure what the keep what, what the player's name Gavranovic. is uh yeah gavranovic right so yeah it's gavranovic just yep. jumps up between the two center backs and heads it in we've all seen the image of like 45 year old harry potter crying and then taking his shirt off and celebrating for the swish thing so <laughs> yeah um, that, but, but coming to just like the system itself right yeah uh, so uh, switzerland play this 4 to 3 one thing so that they can get uh, uh shakiri in the center where they want him to score those goals why did france mirror them i didn't understand like didier deschamps yeah. why would you mirror you are france you're the best team on earth right now you play your formation and you have so much individual talent why would you go mirror them and then those guys don't know how to play the second half there was no formation i don't know what the hell they were doing france had zero formation but they somehow managed to score those two, those those two 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 goals um in the second half uh within a span of 3 minutes and then they looked like they were cruising but mm. there was no uh, formation at all and the easiest way was your 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 cbs aren't that great and you have to just get part like get past kante so just root mm. one in just like high lob the ball and your striker will score it was just that easy for switzerland Yeah, it looked like of course those guys was... played like the game of their life. Switzerland. Yeah. Like props to the Swiss team, dude. They were, they were exceptional on the night. And the image of the evening and I think we discussed on the watch along yesterday was Grant Shaka downing a full bottle of Coca-Cola, not Coke. even Diet Coke, like full like yeah. proper Coca-Cola. Yeah. <laughs> stepping up to take the give his team a, a, a team talk before they take the pens. <laughs> then run run off celebrating holding the bottles <laughs> so so there's yours a funny thing right france looked dejected when they were going to go into their penalties switzerland are hyping each other up i remember i saw one player go score a goal come and slap his teammate like properly slap him <laughs> just out of like joy after scoring like yeah let's go and he slapped him dude i was like what are you doing <laughs> but you know as much as much drama there was on the pitch there was also a lot of stuff happening off. oh yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean if you've been following football for a while you know that adrian rabio's mother is a big problem <laughs> it's like she is she is a, a worldwide phenomenon she's his agent and apparently a monster to deal with <laughs> so as things were unfolding on the pitch uh, i think like there was there was spats appearing in different parts of the pitch Uh, so it started with rabio rabio went to pogba and told him uh, what the hell are you doing <laughs> why did you give up the ball and and we as united fans have seen that happen so many times right like we have seen pogba lose the ball in midfield for the the team to go score uh, on the counter or like score in transition it's happened so many times and i feel that is a genuine problem in his game and this tournament he was unplayable for most parts offensively defensively he can be got at and that is a, there's a big hole in his game when he was at juventus he had like obviously pirlo and vidal covering up that that as that soft underbelly of his and when it came to united it got really exposed because that i mean you have fred and mexos who are not really pirlo vidal are they so <laughs> and before that you had matic who 
oh my god who sometimes remind me that he's he's running like he almost gives me the feeling that he's running through treacle but yeah so uh, rabio and pogba are going at it then um uh, pavard was telling complaining to varan about pogba and then varan went and told pogba that pogba went to start fighting with pavard and in and in the stands <laughs> rabio's mother is yelling fighting yeah rab rabio's mother is yelling pogba's mother is getting yelled at by all the other mothers something and all is happening but i i also feel like this france team even before the tournament started there was a lot of infighting like a lot of people didn't like benzema pogba and uh, i don't know some two other players had a tiff um, i don't know why the, the, there was a lot of problem giroud and some other players had some mbappe Yeah, Mbappe, sorry. Yeah, Giroud and Mbappe. And it's just crazy, right? You guys have won a World Cup together. You're supposed to be a team, like an inseparable force of a team. And this tournament was France's to win. There is no other team with as much individual talent as France in this, this whole Euro. Like every other team is still building or in transition. Like this is France's golden generation. they should have done a spain where they did a world cup euro world cup or world cup yeah basically that right euro um, world cup euro mm. yeah mm. but uh, for them they would have to do a world cup euro world cup i think right? yeah. Mm, yeah yeah technically yeah. um but okay. um, I- i've never believed in the when people say right they just wanted it more but on that day i felt like switzerland wanted it more mm uh and that actually helped and uh um, what do you call france was just complacent they just felt like they will go through mm-hmm. it's easy um and and this is communi kando officials done <laughs> i feel like this is happening <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen yeah it's about <laughs> i think it's time azdan gets uh, i i feel that is also a job he needs given the shit he's had to deal with perez like planting stories in the media Let, let him be so, the so French. So the thing nat- is, Zidane can man manage big stars. Yeah, Deschamps can't. Like the Mbappe, Pogba, uh, all of them being in the same team is not easy but, to manage. But do you know what Deschamps was the cap? Was he? Yeah, he was the captain, was captain. of France on the World Cup. Yeah, so it's not that he can't manage. He had Vieira in his team. He had Thuram in his team. He had. Yes, Zidane and his team. He had Barthez, was it? Yeah, Barthez. Yeah, Barthez. Yeah. So he had he had big stars. It's not like he didn't. Uh, even Blanc was there at the time, and it's not like he didn't have big. No, stars. He also won the World Cup, but I feel yeah, like exactly. Time, so, uh, so this time he's this, not able to manage them. I don't know. Yeah, I tell you what it is. I tell you what it is. These guys, all these French players, are a bunch of overpaid mercenaries. That's all they are. Every single one of them. I I think. You can't even name anybody who who wouldn't fit that mold that I'm talking about, like Angola Conte mercenaries. Like, yeah, probably Conte is one, and I maybe Benzema as well. Benzema, yeah, that these are, and Giroud to an extent. I I hmm. I could only classify these three. The rest of them are a bunch of overpaid mercenaries. That's it. Nothing else. Like they're all there for individual glory. They're all there. to put their they they just want to see their name in the spotlight and the stars on the shots that they say on top of the eiffel tower whatever you want to say the thing is like dot said they had the team it was their euros to lose and they pretty much lost it they, like yeah like 
I mean, yeah, Switzerland wanted it more, but France never even showed up in the first half. They were like, uh, we're here, we're going to win. Doesn't really matter what we do. Two, three, two, three minutes of individual brilliance, which actually happened. I mean, if you look at it, it was just three minutes of three individual brilliant moments that gave them the goal, but it... But honestly, their centre-backs were just roughed up by... Sef- was it Seferovic? Yeah. Roughed up. Like, Longle and uh, Kimpembe. Kimpembe did not stand a chance. Like, the first goal, Longle, he couldn't even jump, man. Like, hmm. what the hell was that? He was bullied, properly bullied for the first goal. And even the th- third goal, uh, uh, sorry, Seferovic's second goal... He literally sat down Kimpembe and like, sit down, I'm going to score now. And he and he scored like, I I did not expect, like, how is that? Kimpembe is PSG's number one centre-back at this point. And mm, yeah. like, <laughs> seriously. And Longley, I think somebody was, he was being quoted at 70, 80 million for, at, <laughs> at one point. Like, I was like, Thank what you. the hell? Like, 80 million for that shit? I'd rather have Mag- uh, Lindelof in my team for like 40 million. Also, the yeah, more I see, the more I see of Varane, right? The more I don't want him. Yeah, dude. Like the after watching that interview, that if Varane comes to United, I'll be like, I mean, I'd rather. I'm I'm saying this with a lot of regret, but I'd rather have Lindelof play with Maguire than Varane. <laughs> 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 Okay, we'll get to. We'll I get totally to, agree. I totally agree. We'll get to Lindo, but I, it seems it seems really. I I I don't think there. I don't see a world where Ramos and Varane both leave in the same summer. That just sounds bizarre to me. So hopefully it's just smoke and mirrors to get a new contract because I don't want to go anywhere near him. Let him be where he is. Um, but yeah, I mean, now that France is knocked out, I think it leaves the door wide open for all. I think any any of the eight teams that are there at this point can win it, honestly, with France yeah. not being there. Yeah. yeah. So with France yeah. with France knocked out, obviously, like we have to talk about the team that's going to win it. So uh, England took on Germany <laughs> in uh, <laughs> last night, and we're recording this on a Wednesday. It was obviously the game happened on a Tuesday, and I just I got absolutely no work done yesterday. I'm going to be very honest. I mean, it was did get some work done but I was very distracted by what was going on because there were so many thought thought piece articles there were so many podcasts that had popped up I was really trying to get into it because because I love an England-Germany game I okay I need to admit this so in 2010 when England took on Germany I was watching the game live and I threw a sock at the television I remember the exact moment because uh, <laughs> Germany run through the English team because of course Matthew you have Matthew Upson in defense next to John Terry and uh, you have and you have Wayne Rooney who's clearly preoccupied with about with with being caught cheating and like his marriage possibly falling to pieces so he's having a shit tournament and then so like so i think it's, it's Podolsky and, and Closer who give england the lead and matthew upson's face <laughs> brings one back and frank lampard scores possibly one of the best goals i've seen in a tournament you can see it bounce i on my television have seen it bounce but Neuer picks up the ball and, and rushes it back out. <laughs> Not given. And Germany decided to proceed to start the living daylight out of them in the second half. So, I have like a lot of deep-rooted hatred for, for Germany as an English fan. And I was really pumped for that game. 
And I'd, I'd like to say for, for most credit where credit's due, I shit on Southgate a lot. I just feel tactically he can be found out. But uh, the inclusion of Steve Holland, who I think is mirroring Tuchel's back five system. I think he, he actively studied Tuchel's back three slash back five system. And he's implementing it on the English national squad. Barring a few flashpoints here and there, I don't think the Germans caused the English any problems. I think Portugal basically accentuated Germans, Germany's attack, which made them look a lot better than they are. And England completely nullified them, except on a certain few occasions where I think the opening 5-10 minutes where the Germans were passing. Both halves. Both halves. They were passing through the lines, getting in uh, into spaces. But soon as the team settled, I uh, they didn't look like they were causing them any problems. I certainly, I mean, props to Harry Maguire, dude. He's come back after not playing for nearly a month at this point. Looked like he hadn't missed a beat. Was so good. Was absolutely essential to everything England did well in defense. I think Kyle Walker was also pretty good. John Stones was the, the back three in particular were really good. And Luke Shaw on the other side was... Roberto Carlos. Roberto Carlos, as we've been calling him. Responsible for both goals. Because the first goal, he's the yeah. one who slides the ball into Sterling. And the second goal, he... He makes the he's he was wide throughout, but the one time he left Kimmich to go into to go into attack, he burst in, set Kane up, received the ball back, passed it to Grealish, Grealish put Kane in. So great, like in terms of performances, Shaw. In my opinion, I, some people have disagreed with me. I, I was discussing this with a few other friends. Declan Rice and Calvin Phillips. I think Declan Rice more so because I thought he was really good in midfield, recycling the ball, uh, relieving pressure. Uh, making sure the ball was moving at all times. So I'm I'm a big fan of, of Rice now because I, I, I thought he was mm-hmm. very good at what he did. And yeah, now the English team have progressed for the first time since I started watching football. They have <laughs> comprehensively beat a German national team um, and very comfortably made it into... In, in a tournament, in a tournament in, fixture. Yeah, exactly. They were, they were, otherwise, yeah. they've beaten yeah. Germany comprehensively, like 5-1 mm-hmm. and all of yeah. that. Mm-hmm. In a tournament, yeah, first time. So, if you see that team lineup that Southgate chose, if you didn't win, the next six months would have been hell for Southgate. I think you're like leaving out fire. Dominic Calvert Lewin mm. when there's no backup for Kane, sacrificing him, mm. and and choosing that system and those players. Um, if he hadn't won, gone. But I think he's playing that two shells, fine margins. Mm. Uh, three, five, two, and then sometimes it becomes a like a four, like a two, four, something. Hmm. Um, I'm glad Maguire came back. Uh, uh, I like how he carries the ball, right? Like, yeah, it's not very elegant or anything, it's just like carries it, and then like some players just like bounce off him whenever they try to come near him. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can, I, can, I, can I say one thing? Can I say one thing? Like, uh, I, I know I know you're a, you're, you're a big Rice fan. I know, and I, I think we spoke about it for a, a, quite a bit uh, on yesterday's watch along. Hmm. But do you think Rice and Pogba would make a good midfield? Yeah. Do you think Rice can emulate what Kante does for France? I really I think he, want to know your view. I don't because think he'll France do it. Play a, France play two in midfield. They don't play a double pivot. They just play two in midfield and three ahead of them. And if United have to play two in midfield, it has to be Pogba plus one. Do you think Rice can do what Kante does? 
No, I and I see what I mean by that is I don't see Pogba being at the club longer than next year. Um, I mean, okay, I, he, he hmm. still has one year on his contract. I, I think no one, one year on his contract. Yeah, so plus I think, one. He has one I think plus he even one. might go this window. He has one plus one. They have an option to. Uh, no, no. They've extended. They filed the option. This is the option. This is the option. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is the option. So, so next summer, United are prepared to let him go for free, because, um, see, if the one player that can do what Kante is doing is Renato Sanchez, um, and uh, I, he's Kante is not really a six. He's a he's a box to box that is good at carrying the ball forward in in the right system. I think Rice is a lot more compatible with with different systems. I feel. Him and Pogba would he would possibly open up a lot of space for Pogba to do what he wants to do because Rice is progressive. He he has a creative output, and also he can put out a lot of fires. He can carry the ball forward. I just I, I feel there's there's and he's also very young. So I I definitely feel there's a there's a future there. Uh, maybe with or without Pogba, at least for I think if United get a we'll talk about this on next week's episode or whenever we get back to uh, talking about United and, and EPL. Once the right wing and the centre midfield are sorted, I have very strong uh, feelings about how that how that team is going to progress. And I think Rice is definitely an option to be considered, even though the price tag might push a lot of people away. Okay, and the second thing about Southgate's t- team selection, I think all of us here, we watched the game until Grealish came on. Oh yeah, I was about toothless. to bring that up. Yeah, yeah and I feel... Tooth- absolutely toothless. He, and I, I feel... Okay, so change the dimension of the game, dynamic of the game. Sorry. So, so I think this is what England do really well. So, what England do really well is they suffocate the life out of the game. So, which is why I am not for starting Jack Relish in games like this. Because, fine. I mean, the argument can be made that he, um, he if he'd come on if he started the game earlier, they he would England would have been a couple of goals up easily, but. If you have a fresh starting eleven and two fresh and, and the fresh England starting eleven, I just feel Grealish, Grealish gets caught out a lot more. Uh, I mean, he gets suffocated a lot more than he did when he came on. Because so what England did very well was they kept it was like they kept the the German national team a distance away, waited for them to start gassing out, and then brought Grealish on. And then Grealish starts doing the runs that Saka wasn't making. He starts to drop in between defenders. He starts to come in. He starts to go out. Mm-hmm. Drags people in and out. And that's where the goal comes from. Even so, And then Shaw starts making marauding runs forward. So it was almost like they lulled them into this false sense of security and then caught them with a, with a one-two punch. Even though Sterling literally presented them with, with a gift, with the biggest gift there is video evidence of our face our facial reactions to all of this because we did this on the watch long yeah so yeah uh and i'm i'm not gonna lie i've seen it back a bunch of times it's quite hilarious it's it's actually pretty hilarious so (laughs) (laughs) but but yeah i i think this works in, in a way that english england's best form of attack is their defense or whether they they will bore you to death but (laughs) <laughs> they will they will ultimately get the job done i mean if you look at <laughs> in the four games that they have played they've conceded zero goals yeah they've kept clean sheets all games yeah guess who's sheets, got yeah. big jordan guess who's got big jordan in this predictor of course who do you think <laughs> big jordan <laughs> yeah, but, but the euro doesn't have a golden glove winner so i don't i don't think so, it but, for us. but who scored again does so fair enough fair enough yeah. i i i actually think that uh, when they put Grealish on and 
he was playing on the left yeah like he was drifting more into that left space and him and shaw on the overlap caused so much problems to like germans uh defense they, they didn't know who to mark or how to mark go and mark greer she passed to shaw 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 shoots it in uh that first goal was such a man city goal like a proper man city goal where like reimster links sneaks in behind the defender on the far farther side taps yeah. it in and luckily he taps it in because kane is offside there Mm. um yeah very sweaty sweat yeah. sweat goal that was but like they always say england want to walk it in but sometimes it's good like looking at portugal and all like okay it's cool walk it in it's fine <laughs> yeah you have kyle walker on your team <laughs> so makes sense okay wow dude uh, oh my god i don't know one i don't know one thing like i i feel like they sort of like like he said the moment grealish came on ginter could not make a tackle on him because he was already on a yellow yeah 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 if he had made even one tackle over one game tackle over. he was off he was off yeah. and you just just know how much of a foul magnet grealish is right grealish is yeah <laughs> oh what's hey, the guess guess who's going to guess now guess who who's going to score two in the quarters two in the semis and one in the final Now that he's opened his account. <laughs> okay, dude, Kane's was not there that whole game. <laughs> he got lucky one one at one touch to get it in. Um, hey, listen, honestly, the amount of abuse we gave Sterling as well. He was just there at the right. Dude, Sterling was right was bad, but he yeah, was he's, still the he's best always in that game. He's always him and Sako right. were good. Like like they were they were the guys who were like making things happen. Yeah, I mean, see, at the, and, like, and Sterling's always at the right spot at the right time. For whatever reason, he's always there, man. Yeah, like, and and God bless him for that. You know, <laughs> the the thing is, he's so small. You can't tell from his body language that he's going to go left or right. Yeah, that that was a great move. Like that entire the first goal is is an is an amazing move, and the second goal, if you notice, Declan Rice gets cramp, <laughs> and he gets cramp, and he. Plays the, he retrieves the ball, plays the ball off, and falls on the pitch. And his his leg is cramping up, and then yeah. Shaw's like, you know what? Fuck this! Let's I'm gonna I'm gonna go forward. He's literally on on the ground, but Shaw's like, you know what? Screw this! Let's go forward. And uh, and Grealish under hits that that cross. If like he he puts it a very he, awkward. Actually, he hits height. it behind. Yeah, he puts he puts it behind Kane. Kane no, no, he, he puts it he puts it low. And Kane Door kind of puts it too low. Puts Kane. it too low. And Kane, Kane has yeah, to like duck on him. Uh-huh. Yeah, Kane's doing a sideway header. Yeah. yeah. See, uh, with Harry Kane, all it takes is one goal. As we we know, we've seen this. Time the floodgates. The yeah. floodgates have opened for Kane. Trust me. Now it's like once it's he smells. Once he smells that mm-hmm. blood, and he's like, you know what? Now here, here we fucking go, right? And the August, the August part of the Euros is over for Kane now. Kane, yeah. Now it now, and so it begins. Yeah. Uh, but uh, someone has. To <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, unfortunately but, for them, but I think every other team from now on will will take care of that overlap that that Shaw um, Grealish Grealish overlap. I mean that's the most obvious thing to do right any manager is looking at that's like that's the area i need to take care of hmm. and sterling right like sterling generally every game looks shit but somehow goes puts it in and then england win the game but do you know what will happen if they concentrate on sterling my man harry kane will then be free 
Yeah, yeah I just I no, yeah, I feel that, that's that this, right. there's so so much attacking talent in that team, and I, and I feel what they're doing is it's not the most entertaining. It's obviously like it's it's boring as fuck to watch, but it's effective, and you don't need to play. Yeah, kind of Mourinho-esque football, like yeah. You just need to keep doing. You need to keep grinding out results because until you get to, like, so with each passing game, this team gains confidence. Like each passing game, they're like, oh, okay, this is. Um, yeah. What do you? Call I it? think uh, from Germany's perspective, uh, I think Kai Havertz was probably the best player on the pitch. Yeah. Like he was, he was damn good. I loved him. Like he's, he's not fast, mm-hmm. uh, or he doesn't look fast. I think, but he's but slow and technical. Can we can we talk about what is Germany's chances moving forward? Because I know they have a few youngsters who are really good, but without a proper striker, I don't see Germany going far in next year's World Cup as well. I feel this is where the the German National Federation decides. You know what what they did in two thousand two thousand when they got badly knocked out of one tournament, they ripped up the sheet and said, okay. No, I. Then they started breeding a lot of homegrown talent, right? Because then closer, I mean, closer was coming through. Then Podolski came mm. through. Then Özil came through. Gundogan came through. Uh, Müller was coming through 2010. So no, but I, I don't think they're in the end of a cycle. I think that, uh, no, nothing's lost for them. I think all these youngsters are coming. They're gonna come of age, hopefully yeah, by next saying, year. I'm not saying there there are no youngsters. I'm just saying. You have to have a proper number nine if you want to win the World Cup. Otherwise, it's just impossible. Like Spain, okay, they did have David Villa, so you can't really say they didn't have a number nine. They had Villa, they had Torres. Without a number nine, it's very difficult for any team to win a World Cup. Think about it. Yeah, I think by next year they have to find that answer. But overall, I think that German team is oozing with talent. Like. There's those so many of those players from Liverpool. Yeah, but they're all they like, all play behind the striker. None of them play number nine. Yeah, like so, so that is the, that is the answer they need, right? That yeah. one. But I think the rest of the team is sorted. I think one of I mean, with all his uh, all his faults, still good plays well on the wing. I think he plays good. Like he draws yeah, defenders, I, he puts passes in. Yeah, I'm not faulting one. I'm not faulting Havertz. I'm just saying they're brilliant players. But until you have a Lewandowski sort or a Kane sort of player up front, it's very difficult for them to compete. I mean, yeah, they'll get to your quarterfinals, maybe even a semi-final, but they're not going to win the World Cup. That's what I'm trying to say. I think with Hansi Flick coming in, I expect the system to shift a little bit. And I just feel that for the likes of Havertz and Werner, there's going to be a lot more chances falling their way. Yeah, I think Hansi Flick will set it up much better than Lowe ever has. But Lowe's a World Cup winner, so let's not... Let's but Lowe's a World slack. Cup winner with Fancy Flick in his... In his team. In yeah. his back room, right? Yeah. The minute he left, Lowe went to shit. But yeah, I mean, the German... Let's talk about the la- last game. How yeah, dude. That, I, th- I thought that was the most exciting game to watch. Yeah, <laughs> No, it was uh, it was Zinchenko who scored the first with a with a with a massive yeah. great goal, and I think it was yeah. uh, I'm unsure who equalized for Sweden, but Forsberg it... equalized for Sweden. Yeah, Forsberg mm-hmm. just before the half for yeah. Sweden. Dude, Man, Forsberg, Forsberg he hit the post. The number of times he hit the <laughs> post. Oh my god! 
he i felt so fucking bad for him i'm like dude one of this go in man sweden were all over ukraine until that player got sent off i forgot his name uh, uh danielson some danielson yes, yes. Hmm. i was i mean sweden should have won that game they were all over ukraine and um, not just that it's just like especially in extra times ukraine hadn't done anything but they got sweden sleeping uh, that that goal that what a cross from zinchenko and guess guess who is who it floats behind and i can't really blame him for it that the cross was pay yes, point no no we are not talking about him anymore <laughs> yeah I, i think we're going to ban you know you know my the, friend was like no i bet heavy on sweden I literally texted him saying dude do you really want to bet on a team that has Viktor fucking Lindelof okay he's like bro i bet my house on sweden they're going to win it i'm like bro are you sure and then he's like 100% bro i was like okay it's your money you do what you want and this morning well, he's like bro i should have just listened to you but we all joke you- about it on the watch along that uh, we're going to we watch did, Lindelof I mean- uh, when playing the world being the euro final and no he clearly not, that no. didn't happen yeah, yeah. <laughs> any team that has victor lindelof is not playing in the in the final unless they have maguire and bruno fernandes carrying them so the the, the one of the best strikers in europe is now going to a european quarter final but he's still the coach shevchenko <laughs> celebrating was <laughs> <laughs> celebrating was was a great sight to see and he looked he really looked emotional it was, it was it was a wonderful moment i don't think it was a yellow i mean i look back at that i i i kind of agree that it was a red card it maybe it looks a lot more worse in slowmo oh. dude it but, looks a lot and come on i mean i mean it I, is I'm a red sure, card i think that's a red card guys 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 i have I, i'm sure both of you have played football before or are or you still play football Yeah. I I'm I'm telling you like these these slowmo videos make everything look super nasty, okay? Mm. And having played f- football for almost uh, like 15 20 years, dude, there are sometimes where when you're clearing the ball there is follow through. You can't just kick the ball and stop your leg as soon yeah. as you kick the ball, right? Yeah, but then that's that's what you call dangerous play, right? You can't Dude, it's not dangerous. It's not it's not like dude when you clear the ball you're going to clear it b- with all the force you have so that it goes to rose z right or yeah but you, you can't just take out page. an opponent while clearing the ball right that's he didn't thing. take him out that's the thing he didn't intend neither did he mean to take him out nor did he think that he was it would affect i mean it would take him out he just so so i'm not saying it was intention it ball. was it was it was definitely not intention but that's just modern football where like That is a red card. That's exactly books. what's wrong with the fucking modern football. I understand players getting injured. I'm not. I, I trust me. I I hate seeing players get injured. I, I've been injured myself. Brutal. But if any game, any football game that you play, that is a red card. Like it's not. A, it's not that it was the intention, but those kind of outcomes will give you a red card. But I, I'll tell you, the slow mo makes it look like a hundred times worse. It. it actually isn't dude like think about it like say me and you are playing football right i'm going to clear the ball you're trying to come and you're trying to just block me from clearing the ball you're not even trying to win the ball right i clear it your leg just comes in the way i've already kicked it in my motion is already through 
I cannot stop my motion midway, right? The, because I've already smashed the ball. So my leg is just going through. It's it's not that I'm tackling you or anything. It's my action towards the ball. So I don't know. I just think that I I mean modern I know in modern football that's a red, whatever, like that's how they perceive it, or the refs these days are giving it a red, but yeah, I as a person who's played football for so long, I just don't think it's a red card. That's that's all I okay. and I'll always keep saying it. That's fair, but I think as as per the rules, that is different. Yeah, I, I mean the new. I mean, if you look at that whole game, first of all, I don't know if that guy can walk after that that clearance. <laughs> What's his name? Best Best Seaden, Best Seaden, right? And uh, I think at least some ten people got injured in that game. Like it was like fifty percent football, fifty percent doctor house or something. Like every five minutes, one guy is coming. <laughs> And and trying to see what is wrong with this player, what is wrong with that player. Uh, okay, guys, but uh, I think that first goal that Yarmolenko's cross, hmm. that was perfect. Like outside of the foot. So someone has just leaked. <laughs> my Twitter just buzzed. Somebody has just leaked photos of of this semi-naked woman with Jack Grealish in the you know, hotel room. Oh my god. But yeah, getting back to so now, now is the most fun part of the episode. We're about to make predictions. So everybody, go through your predictions at once. Uh, I, I'll go through. I'll I'll pick the team. Uh, I mean the games, and you can tell me who just, you think is going to win. Just before it. predictions, just before predictions. Uh, I think uh, it's official. Benitez is now on the Everton. blue side of Mercy's side. Yeah, yeah, that's they're going to write it. No, I mean they've the accepted it. They've already accepted it. And I feel this is kind of where he brings that. He's always going to be a Liverpool man through and through because he'll have managed both clubs. I don't think they see him as a threat anymore, so it should be okay. But uh, but, but let's quickly uh, run through. I mean, we'll get to it on next week's episode because actually has to run. But for now, we'll quickly run through predictions. So Italy, Belgium, who do you think is going through? As much as I want it to be Belgium, I think it's going to be Italy. Yeah, I think Italy are going to win. Belgium are... Not sure if they'll come through without De Bruyne and without Bruyne and Eden. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, yeah. As much as I want them to win, yeah, I don't think. I don't see. I just want uh, Mancini to you know carry his coat and walk down the tunnel again. Yeah, I have a feeling. Like I also want Belgium. So I'm just gonna go with it. <laughs> uh, even though I know like Italy is probably the better team, but I. Mm. I I just feel like Belgium can squeeze one through just like they did with Portugal. Mm. I I kind of feel Belgium might end up going through, uh, but I, the Italian team just seems to well all the unit to it. Uh, I really want Lukaku to win his golden boot because for personal reasons, but <laughs> I ex, I expect Italy to cruise that game, especially without the talents of De Bruyne and. Eden Hazard, who hasn't had, who's not, not had a very good Euros particularly, but uh, Thorgan has been the better player. But yeah, yeah. That's, that's, let's see. Did you see that thing where like uh, I think uh, KDB gets injured, so he gets up. So mm. he's trying to give the captain's armband, mm. and Thorgan's gone to take it, and Eden slaps his hand, and he's like, "It's mine." It's like <laughs> a classic <laughs> elder sibling, like shut up, I'm older, I'm taking it. Shut up. <laughs> uh, I mean, we've I have been there. I guess we've all been there at some point. Um, so. Quickly, the, the next game, I think uh, Switzerland take on 
um yeah spain. switzerland yeah, yeah yeah switzerland take on yeah. spain right so uh, who do you think is winning that i feel i feel the swiss go through feel like spain go through i think no, the I swiss think i think the swiss go through they take them to to one spain i think uh, morata scores the winner mm, interesting interesting i just feel this is where i think i think switzerland's going to go through cuz what is me i've got spain then sorry don't send me i've got spain mm i think spain just set up for each team very well tactically yeah actually so they did croatia as well there's a very nice narrative there also i feel luis enrique could use this tournament because i i'm not sure if you know but luis enrique lost his 7 year old daughter to a terminal disease a couple of years ago and yeah nobody deserves that like that's just the worst kind of pain to have so i feel this that might there might be a really interesting story um, pushing spain's title uh, euro title as well, title charge so it'll be interesting but i do i kind of feel the swiss will strangle them down to extra time and then take them to pens and depending on who's there that could possibly decide uh, if the swiss or Uh, the Spanish national team are going through. So I, I think what the Swiss. Are what if De Gea comes on for Pens and he saves it, dude? I'm, oh my god, I'm going to break something yeah, if he does. That's yeah. going to be the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Did no, you know they made him practice penalties? Luis Enrique put a guy hmm? to make De Gea practice penalties, not blocking, <laughs> taking penalties. Taking penalties. <laughs> Because yeah, his confidence must have been on the floor, right? Like, understandable. Yeah. So. Okay. Uh so the last game of the um, last two games. Uh, last two games, sorry. Yeah. So the last two games. Uh, Denmark taking on Czech the Czech Republic. Who do you think is going to go through? I think the Danes go through. Quite Denmark. Yeah. Denmark Danes, for sure. Yeah. 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 Danes, I, I ex- expect to see the Danes in the quarterfinals. Now uh, England versus Ukraine. Uh, last game of the, of the of the series. Who do you think is going through? I think England's going to go through. Yeah, England's going through, man. Quite yeah. Yeah. I think. Quite, yeah. Yeah. I think Ukraine win it. I because like how, I like how you're trying to reverse jinx this. Yeah, not really. Not not reverse jinx it because these are the kind of teams England usually go out to. They I mean they obviously they're not like, going out. Come on, they're not I know Iceland is a different beast but they're not going out of Ukraine please I just have a very strong feeling that they're going to attack they're going to run out of they're going to attack this team they're going to run out of ideas and Iceland and Iceland and Ukraine are going to hit them with a sucker punch in the 80th <laughs> minute which they which they'll be unable to recover from I just feel it I feel it in my bones I just know Sterling Sterling scores 80th yeah. minute Kane scores 85th and 90th minute 3-0 Sterling's going to be at the right place no, but, but Abin might have a point there in, in the sense that if you see the Premier League um, mm. there's almost a 40 or 50% difference between the Premier League and other league of shots taken outside the box because the Premier League doesn't like to they like more efficiency they don't like to waste chances and that's trickled down to the England squad well the ukraine league almost all of those guys take such stylish shots from the outside like from somewhere they'll take and suddenly it'll go in and that can be a danger thing for england <laughs> but yeah let's see i mean i i mean see at this point right now like we discussed yesterday spain are the odds on favorite to win uh the entire thing followed by italy so 
let's see okay i think that's that uh, akshay has to run so we're going to end this pod here it's been a fun one yeah. uh, it's been it, it kind of went in a bunch of directions but i think ultimately we have a really fun episode in here uh thank you all for coming we will be back again for next week's episode i think we are catching one watch along at this week which game are we watching though okay so i guess we'll we'll figure it out i don't think we're doing a watch along yeah, waters but i but for the semis we should be back for all four games all two games no <laughs> so all three rather yeah. semis and final yeah i think we'll we'll do watch along for all three yeah we'll right yeah i don't know if third place we'll watch but i i expect yeah, them, not. i i think we'll we'll probably so get together i probably i think they do but i think we'll get together for the final we'll actually do the final in person so yeah let's do that i don't so everybody everybody bring your mics <laughs> it's going to be fun all right um this has been fun take care we'll see you on the next episode have a good one happy Cheers, birthday akshay thank you happy thank birthday you. akshay <laughs> Oh, 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 oh,